Oh my goodness. Good evening, Capacity Crowds. Oh, there's a few more in than last week. Hello, welcome to this week's Life's a Pitch TV. I'm Mark Murphy, and it's great to have your company, whether you're listening on uh, the uh, podcasts or watching us on uh, YouTube. Great to have you along for our special hours edition of Life's a Pitch TV coming up tonight. Big thank you to our main sponsor, DPS Tech. Also, a massive thank you to our other sponsors, All About Hearing, marketing company Ginger Pickle, Forward Floors, Come Here the Design, The Hudson Group, Sound 4 Pro Audio, Venue 16, Fred Olsen Logistics, John Keeble Cars, Bramford, The Dove in Ipswich, plus Ashford Wright and DPS Tech are also sponsors of our wonderful sofa. Let me introduce you to the team. Make some noise, please. It's Terry Butcher. It's Russell Osman. It's Phil Hamm from TWTD.co.uk. And on technicals, it's Richard and John. (laughs) And our floor manager, Leslie. And you are our capacity crowd. Welcome and... That was my very poor attempt at Danish. Yeah, you're right. It was very poor. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm shocking, but better than me. <laughs> Who's here from Denmark tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Who's not? <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Our capacity crowd is truly international tonight, and we'll, uh, we'll meet some of them a little bit later on in the show. But we need a special guest. And I'll tell you what, boys, you know this fella so, so well, don't you? He's driven you all over the country. Probably driven you up the wall on occasions as well, I would imagine. Or you to him. Well, he's tried several times. Yes. (laughs) But it's it's great to have him here. It really is. It is indeed. Give a big welcome to Wheels. It's Trevor Curtin. And Trevor, in Danish as well. Listen. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done. That's a lot better. I think that's the biggest and best welcome we've ever had for anybody on the sofa. Well, I thought that was very good. Yeah. I prefer that method. <laughs> It's a bit like Eurovision here, isn't it? It is tonight, yes. Let's hope we do a bit better than we normally do. Yes. Uh, Really good to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. I know you've got a lot of stories to share with us, but um, how long were you involved in Ipswich Town? I started as a driver. Right up close to you. Sorry. I started as a driver in 77, and uh, in 1980, I joined the club full-time. So I was from there from 1980 to 2012. Right. And these boys, you remember these two? Well, I tried not to, but yes. You <laughs> <laughs> taught us everything we know. Because <laughs> um, on the bus, on the coach, you know, we, we never really know what goes on on the bus or the, the bus. coach. <laughs> the bus? Well, all right, the coach. I'm sorry, it was an executive coach. I mean, you did have a very flash one, didn't you? It's a coach driver, Mark. Not a bus driver, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Do apologise. Listen, a few I've years ago... I've got to be one of them as well. <laughs> all right. We should have sung the wheels on the coach go round and round then. Should have done. Yeah. 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 But what normally goes on on the coach stays on the coach, apart from tonight, Trevor. Oh, no, no I haven't received enough money. Well, we'll have a word. <laughs> we'll have a whip round. We want those stories tonight, don't we? And the uh, old one again. I've probably got to get in charge touch with a solicitor to find out if I can say certain things that happened on the bus. We'll soon rein you in, don't you worry if it goes too far. But it's really nice to have you on on the show and you obviously still love Ipswich Town, don't you? Well, I still take an interest in them. Yeah. I don't go there as much as I used to, but I, you know, 
that's getting too cold and dark and they play at funny times now it used to be three o'clock in the afternoon that was easy <laughs> yeah. you used to live there though chubby didn't you? oh yes yes yeah. i even had my own bed there that was yeah. easier to go on home yeah. you know so that was your life was it for a while yes yes i mean when i first started i mean you look at it now when they come out of the game and you think how many people work in this here room now you know and you'll see them go by when i joined i only made the fifth person on the football side yeah there was Obviously, Bobby, um, Cyril was when I was there, then Bobby Ferg and uh, dear old Charlie, Charlie Woods, uh, the physio, Tommy Egg. Yeah. And then I just made up that when I arrived, I was the next person in. And we'd done everything then. And I mean, done schoolboy training at night times and everything. Now they seem to be about 25,000 of them. <laughs> it's a big staff, but it's a different game now, that's for sure, isn't it? Well, lots of stories to talk about with you, Trevor, tonight. So, uh, you know, have a little think of the ones you dare tell us. And I know the boys have got one or two that they want to share tonight as well. Um, but let's take a look right now at the season so far. Uh, there's a lot to talk about because it's not quite as good as it was a few weeks ago. Uh, this is brought to you in association with the Dove in Ipswich. <laughs> One of our favourite watering holes, uh, the Dove. Phil, what happened last weekend? We lost. <laughs> I'm not used to saying that since we've been doing this no, show. We aren't, really. No, I mean, it's our fourth defeat in the league this season. Two of those were to lead, so only three teams have beaten us in the league this season. Probably Preston were the one, really the first one where you'd think we. it was a game we really should have won, uh, if, given the position we are in the table. But... As seems to have been our, our habit lately, we started slowly. We could have conceded in the first 70 seconds, the first attack of the game. Um, and then the second goal, uh, yeah, then it was only what, five minutes to the second goal, uh, the first goal, sorry, and then the second goal came soon after that. So we gave ourselves the, the mountain to climb. And then we brought on our own mountain, didn't we, in the second half? Um, Have you been working on that, Link? No, I just thought like it. Just, just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. You've been practicing that all week, no, haven't no, you? It's called yeah, well done, <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite good, but it's not like you to say something. <laughs> quite thank good, you very yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Um, yeah, oh, thank you. Poor old that. Phil. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we found. Yeah, we just go. We just started very poorly, and I think we uh, we gave ourselves problems. Uh, passing out from the back didn't go as well as it usually did. I think part of that was the fact that the pitch was poor. Um, and I think you have there is a sort of horses for courses element to these things. And I think sometimes you do have to put your, your, boot, your, foot, your boot through the ball and, and get it distance rather than play it around at the back. Or your foot through the boot, uh, as you were going to yeah. say. Boot, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when you say the, the pitch was poor... In our, in, you know, what if you think of the pitches that we had to play on? So but you playing the ball out of the back, yes, we didn't play a lot of balls out of the back, but the fullbacks got on the ball in the, in the wider areas. That was our aim to do that. So we still played out from the back. Mm. So but I think you on, can out from the back. If you still yeah. I mean, that's the reason you didn't play in the way, because then, the pitches were poor. But then poor. I'm saying, surely if the pitch is poor, you don't play out from the back. No, that's exactly my point. The, well, the, yeah. The, yeah the, the, on certain oh. days we were told, don't even try playing out from the back because the conditions... It'll trip you up. Yeah. You know, and if you can't hit a, a five or ten yard pass and control it properly, you know, on the edge of your 18 yard box, then why try and do it? Yeah. You know, you can't turn around and suddenly blame the pitch afterwards. The pitch is, you knew it's going to be like that. You've got to play to so the conditions. Do yeah. It's, and, and, and I think uh, there were occasions when we didn't. And I, and I think part of that is the fact that we don't come across many pitches like that these days. And this is why football is developed. 
to some degree why it had how it has is that pictures are so good now compared to your surely era. surely they would have done the research into the well what yeah the pictures yeah like. but I think there's also you get used to playing in a particular way don't you I Phil, think that. the best players make the best decisions the majority of the time yeah well, I think when I, yeah. it's right to play when it's not right to play and I think they made some wrong decisions I think yeah. we ended up, ended up three three nil behind didn't we half time and you have that uh, that mountain to climb that I've mentioned then we brought on Kiefer uh, made a huge difference uh, holding the ball up and and um, and obviously his presence in the area caused their centre halves a great deal of problems and, um, and and then he got two goals but I think the goals probably came a little bit too late for us okay it, let's just ask the boys about that first half um, come and talk to you about that 3-0 down at half time so well we talk about giving ourselves a, a mountain to climb for we've done it a few times now conceding early goals when you can see two early goals away from home and it really is a big mountain that you are trying to climb. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, they did come back in the second half, but but three nil. I mean, we're just not used to that, are we? No, I mean, well, we're not. But I mean, Leeds United was three nil. Um, different team to Preston, but you know, you you put yourself in a position where you, as you, as Phil says about a mountain climb, but you weren't playing particularly good football under pressure. They pressed us really well, really strongly. And we just didn't respond to that, you know. It was it was it was sloppy, and the the own goals we're conceding now. We're conceding a lot of goals. We've only had two clean sheets in the last nine games. So, you know, whereas the early part of the season the clean sheets were coming there thick and fast, goals were going in, so everything was rosy. So, you talk about the wheels on the bus go round, 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 but the wheels have come off our bus at the moment. So they've, they've got to bounce back quick. And mm. upcoming games gives them the gives us the potential. Of getting more points and getting back into into the you know the groove sort of thing that we were on, but the other teams they're the same. They've they've gone ahead of us, so they've got something to protect now. So, you know, we're we're now the chasers rather than being the chase team. It's all still so, to play for. Yeah, should but have, still, I think there's still enough character. In the should team he have to come started through. Kiefer Moore? In my opinion, yes. You know, you got two strikers coming into the club uh, with Al Hamadi um, and Kiefer Moore, so you would have thought one of them would have started the game at least and then um, if he's blowing after an hour then fine bring the other one on um, fair play to Caden Jackson he just gets on with his job he does what he's asked to do chased about a lot first half hardly contributed anything because of the way the game was going and uh, it was inevitable that the changes were going to be made but in answer to your question Mark I was surprised that neither of them started mm. but then you've got an international striker you know, he's scored goals at the top level, so you know, why not why not play him? You know, but I think I think it's he's you know, he hasn't done a lot and he's he needs to get used to how the lads want to play because it's a different way from playing. Well he certainly did all right when he came on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, which is good. And yeah. I think there was a there was a cause, wasn't there, to fight. There was a challenge. A big challenge. I think when you're looking at the way he plays, he's more or less an out and out target man centre forward. And Yes, there is a way that he has to blend in with how Ipswich Town play, but it's not as if he's one of the key um, uh, playmakers in midfield or in the wide areas where it gets quite intricate how the build-up is played. You know, he's just up there uh, getting the 18-yard box if we needed a playoff, if we needed to chase anything down. He's a good enough player to be able to do that from word go. That was Kieran's point. Kieran said, because he was asked after the game, do you think you should have started Kiefer Moore? And he said, we didn't really think about it because he'd only trained on the Friday. And I think on the Friday, they only did very light training because they travelled to 
to Preston. But I, yeah, I think you know you have to look at that game and, and the and the um, impact he made. And uh, yeah, I think he should certainly have started. Well, he'll start this weekend, won't he? I don't think there's any doubt about that, is there? No doubt whatsoever. No. <laughs> no. no and how important is this match on Saturday, West Brom? Well, it's, every game's important, but you want to get back to winning ways, especially at home. Um, Leeds play Rotherham, Southampton play Huddersfield, Watford play Leicester. So the Leicester game, you know, you don't know about that. We would think that Leeds and Southampton would, would win those games. So, But that's what I'm saying. They're, they've got, they're in pole position now, whereas we're back down on the grid sort of thing with the racing analogy. But, you know, you've just, they've just got to keep going and keep doing what they've been doing. But I'm, I'm just worried about the confidence. I'm just worried what they're like, where... They've tasted defeat. They've conceded poor goals. They're not fluent now. They're not in. They're not even out of first gear. So I'm just worried. But I think with Kiefer Moore coming in, it does give them a really good option now that someone's going to hold the ball with up. With Leif Davis crossing yeah. the ball, and, and also with when Hurst was in the team, Hurst held the ball up pretty well. Um, but he would chase in the corners. Was more Kiefer Moore's not going to do that. But then you've got other players to do that. But. I think I think it's I think it, having said it wasn't I wasn't too sure about the signing. I think it's I think it is a good signing now because you've got someone with the experience up front, whereas you didn't possibly have that before. It's a big boost, I think, don't you? When you sort of get to this stage of the season, and, and I think since George Hurst got injured, we have struggled a bit uh, um, in, in, up front, and um, just the other players looking around and thinking, you know, they've got a bit of confidence in this fellow who's come in that he's not a. He's not someone who's inexperienced. He's someone who's done it at a, at a very high level with Wales. Well, we'll see on Saturday. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, back to winning ways, which we desperately, desperately need. Don't we? We yeah, really do. One win in eight, which is not great it's, at the moment. It's gone off the rails a little bit since the Norwich game, hasn't it? <laughs> Sharp. Well done. Guys. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. I think it was, it was more... I, that sort of period over Christmas when we drew 0-0 with QPR and 0-0 at Stoke, that kind of period but um, it's worth saying that we've had some good results in that time haven't we we've drawn 1-1 with Leicester at home and away and they're obviously the, the, the well I think most people think they're probably going to win the title without too much doubt um, so we've had decent performances I thought South Sunderland we beat Sunderland in that time as well so it's not been all doom and gloom um, but this this starting game slowly I think we really need to I think I don't think anyone's conceded more goals in the first 15 minutes in this division than us which tells the tale, doesn't it? And I know we've come from behind on plenty of occasions when we have been in that circumstance, but you can't do it every week, and you certainly can't do it when you put yourself 3-0 behind yeah. at half-time. Russ, we could do with a few more clean sheets, couldn't we? We could do, I think. Uh, the likelihood is 75% chance of um, conceding again on Saturday, you know, if you, if you want to be analytical and look at all of the stats about it. So that's not very good when you're playing at home. Um, you know, people say a lot of success is built up from having uh, a good back four, keeping clean sheets. It certainly makes life a lot, lot simpler, you know, when you're not having to score multiple times to to either get a point or get three points. Um, and I'm sure the back four, back three, back four, back five, however they play it, however you want to look at it, you know, they will take a lot of pride in getting clean sheets. I know we used to, didn't we? Mm. You know, and there were certain points in the game where he said, right, all we've got to do is make sure we do our job and we get a clean sheet. That's our job. End of story. Yeah, no, but I think he's got problems in the back four. I mean, the goalkeeper's not covered himself in glory the last few the last few games, but he's still a very good goalkeeper. And there's still potential at the back to, to form a solid back four because it was there at the start of the season. 
But with Burgess coming back, would Burgess be eligible to play again then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, Burgess coming back, you sort of look at the back four and you just say, right, right, you know, this back four's got to play together for, you know, if it does well, keep it together. Because you've, you've got to have the understanding back. Whereas the back four, you know, this, it looks as if it's very, very vulnerable now, especially with the, with the lack of confidence in the team. So well, we, we tinkered a little bit. Mm. For want of a better word, Axel Twanzebe came in for a couple of games. Um, Brandon Williams came in for a couple of games. Edmondson's been in and, you know, he scored at the weekend. So does he keep his place because he scored? Even though <laughs> yeah. it's an own goal. Um, yeah, it's been a bit flippant there. But once you start leaving plays in and out in key positions there, which, you know, I think is one of the, the most vital areas where you have a good understanding. And we've got that in midfield with uh, Massimo Luongo and uh, Sam Morsi. And just behind them, you would, you would think that whether it's three centre-backs or two centre-backs, that's part of your solid foundation there. And then your goalkeeper. And that's your, your backbone to the side, and then you can tinker on the outside of that. But usually you don't take centre-halves off 20 minutes from the end of the game or half an hour from the end of the game. They're, they're, they're doing your 90 minutes week in, week out. And that's the sort of relationship that you need. So you'd go back to the sort of tried and trusted of um, Wolfenden and, and Burgess, would you, this weekend? If that is what was doing the job for us at the start of the season, then yes. Even though Edmondson, I think, has done pretty well. Edmondson's done very well. Um, <sighs> but Burgess, Burgess is, uh, he, was, he was automatic yeah. before he went away. So then why shouldn't he just come back in there? Because you know, there's been poor results, so it's tailor-made for him to come in. I would put him back in. Play your best players. So you've had Clark, Wolfenden, Burgess and Davis. There's your back four. The rest virtually picks itself, apart from the left, the left side, really. Samiento, Broadhead and whatever. But the rest picks itself. So if he gets the back four right, then I think that gives us a platform then to really surge yeah. on. Right. Well, we'll find out on Saturday what happens, uh, won't we? We've got some news from you a little bit later on, but let's uh, welcome back our special guest today, is, Trevor is asleep? Are you asleep, Trevor? <laughs> you wake up there. The excitement was getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> it always does. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> Who nicknamed you Wheels? Maras. Paul Mariner. Paul Mariner, yeah. Yep. yeah. That's I a got shock. away quick one day and a bit sharp. I think the manager had to chase the coach. Because he oh. did say we had to leave at a certain time. Newcastle, we, was it? <laughs> we didn't. Um, and the police escort were getting a bit edgy. So we started to roll and he came out. And from then on, Maris called me wheels. <laughs> <laughs> he said the fastest getaway driver in the town. <laughs> so how did you end up getting the job? Well, as I said, they were very... When the, we had a reserve side. Uh, we had youth side. We had the southeastern counties used to be played at night times. So therefore, used to go away with uh, a part-time physio, uh, the coach of the time, uh, of the res kids or the reserves, and myself. And to get away after games, I started to go in the dressing room, help put the stuff away, pack it. And then when, after two years... And Bobby Ferguson got moved up. He said, uh, "I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get you a job full time." And that's how I got the job. So, what was that doing? Not just driving the coach. No, the, co the coach was a, was I, I dropped doing the coach because the coach belonged to Beeston's. Yeah. I moved to the club. Um, Bobby wanted a better coach, 
and then he found out how much they cost um, <laughs> and, and why the coach firm wanted to charge so much to use these coaches. So we were talking over dinner one night while we were away and he said, what do you reckon? I said, well, there is a firm that we can go to who might be able to supply us with a coach. And that's what happened. We got a firm up in, in the Midlands and uh, hence the coach arrived. It was very smart, wasn't it, that, that, that coach? It was, were, there, were there other teams around with the logo and everything emblazoned on? Was it, or was no, it no, we were the first ones to go with all the old adverts and all of that. Adidas came in and paid for the paintwork and put, yeah, obviously it was, put... It was a very subtle bus, wasn't it? Oh, yes, we didn't want people... <laughs> you couldn't see it coming down <laughs> no, the road at all, no? No, no, no we didn't want them. Well, the guy out the way, that way. Yeah. <laughs> it was a flying <laughs> machine. That was one of, <laughs> it was one of these coaches that came, came in and had not been altered in any way, so it did do slightly over 70. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was uphill. <laughs> what, what about the time when you, the times, many times, when Bobby Robson used to go to the toilet at the back and we all to shout down to you, didn't we? <laughs> Wheels, he's in, he's in. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would, there'd be this, all these oh, objects be, uh, on, the, on the road, wouldn't there? <laughs> you, them potholes were about a long while ago. They were. <laughs> And we just had to shift it because he wouldn't understand the rules that you had to sit down when you were on a travelling. But he always, and that's the one way you would find out if he carried out his rules. <laughs> <laughs> he used to come out of there and he was he was so angry, it was unbelievable. And his hair, his hair was his hair was all over the place, and he was, just, he was well, like this. You had the stairs going down. And the toilets are off to the side, so you had to, if you would happen to stand up to go to the toilet, you had to wedge yourself in with your head, because the movement <laughs> of the coach <laughs> didn't help a lot, so... How do you think I felt? Yeah. <laughs> the clanking of the beer bottles as well on a, <laughs> yeah. on a home trip. <laughs> yeah, so he got, wasn't very impressed with that then, uh, Mr. Robson? Well, he, he made the rules. That was, you know, he was determined that everybody should carry out what it says on the wall, sit down when you're going to the toilet and all of that. And we just had to find out if that's what he did. <laughs> yeah. But he fell for it several times. <laughs> it was the highlight of our trip, to be honest. It was yeah. really enjoyable. Yeah. What else was it like when you were on these trips then, boys? What else did you get up to? <laughs> well, I mean, I remember the, we always had a bin at the back of the bus, didn't we? And you talk about the stairs at the back. So there was an exit there and then an exit at the front. We used to, we were very tidy and we used to put all the cans of beer, which was a lot of cans of beer, squash them down into the, into the bin. It was a big, it was a big quite bin. Quite a big bin. Yeah. bin. Until he came round the corner of Constantine Road to go back to, and he's literally yards away from the ground. And he swings the bus round and of course all the cans just go smash down the, down the stairs. <laughs> So you know, you hear it sort of thing. Then they go, "Oh no!" So I'm on I'm on the bus trying to get me bags. So I'm last off the bus, so I thought I'm not going down the front. So I'm going to go to the back. I think we probably lost. So I'm going to go down the back out, out the back exit. So I, I open the door and all these cans come out of the door. And who's standing there? But the gaffer, Bobby Robson, and he's like. Have you drunk all this? <laughs> I was like, no, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Unbelievable. But it was great because it, there were two sections to the, to the coach, wasn't there? And there was always a couple of the directors used to travel with us as well. Mr. John or Howard Smith or Sangster. Um, great fellas as well. And they'd all have a drink during the game and stuff like that, especially away from home. Um, 
but it was separate from us. So all the players were down the back and the players could go and join in there or Mr. John could come back and have a bit of banter with the boys and everything. But it was like officials at the front, players at the back and that was more or less the... You had a press man on, didn't he, sometimes? The press came with us. Press guys yeah. on. Well, always travelled, always travelled. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I'm, you can't imagine that now, can you? Well, I don't know. That's, <laughs> Definitely that's, 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 not. <laughs> no. You've not been invited on by uh, Mr. No, Ashton? I can't imagine it. This is the likes of Dave Allard well, and yeah. Brian Knight. Dave Allard, yes. Yeah. You won't get all the players on. Tony, Tony. <laughs> Garnet. <laughs> these days, Tony yeah. Garnet. Tony Garnet. Yeah. Neil Manning. And, uh, yeah. Manning, Deal, uh, Neil Manning, Manning. <laughs> marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. <laughs> yeah, they always used to travel. They're three, always. Blimey, and we had food as well. Yeah, we were the first. Well, uh, because we weren't a big time club, but though we were winning everything, um, <laughs> I think we weren't in Manchester and we weren't in London, so it was never a broadcast. But we were the first team bus to have hot food. A lot of them had cold salads, salads, and things like this. Come on at the end of the game but we actually had hot food coming out the chef used to do it we used to have freezers on the bus take them out of freezers put them in the oven so the boys had hot food or sandwiches or whatever they wanted blimey weren't you looked after oh, yeah. proper proper yeah yeah and we send a beer down to chubber now and again yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, right. i used to improve me driving i used to, I used to, <laughs> I used to come in i used to like to sit down at the front right right beside you not actually on the seat but you know yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's a, a corridor seat there was a pull down one so yeah you'd sit there and I'd, I'd have a can of beer down there after away games it was brilliant uh, especially when we won, he just toasted the away fans. You know, they weren't very happy at all. <laughs> yeah. But we we used to go down the front and have a chat, didn't we? They oh, used, to, used to come down as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I always had visitors come down in the older days before you boys took over. That used to be Alan Hunter. Used to pop down and yeah. have a chat. I don't know if that was trying to keep me awake or not, but they always take. Chad, but what what happened when the um, the kit van turned over in Poland on the way back after the game because we were just we were in a separate. There was a certain we person sitting you, very close to me. I won't do it because we are live on television. As the bus went by, he gave a little sign, uh, which wasn't. <laughs> I was lying in the field at the time. <laughs> I thought. Oh, they're going to stop. No, it disappeared down the road. So was this in the snow then? You came off in the snow? Yeah, well, we went, Manchester United had just been beaten by the, by the lots. And we were the next in. And they said, by the way, when you get up there, you can't get the kit on the bus. It's got spares and all of that underneath. And no room. So we are organised to have a, a van waiting for us. And part of the payment that we all used to have to give when you're in Europe was that we took football boots out for them because they couldn't get them. So I had four or five boxes of boots and all of this. And this bloke picked me up in the van. They And I got there and I flew off and he got there in no time. And I'm sitting at this hotel thinking, an hour? And they ain't arrived. Two hours? They ain't arrived. I thought, jeez, where are they gone? Have I got the wrong hotel? Have I been hijacked for the football boots? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway, they they turned up. On, but on the return journey, I was away straight after the game. Got in the coach, and this bloke, I thought, well, if I light, if you let, if you were smoking and lit a fag, he would have blown you to pieces. And I'm thinking, should I really be in here? Because he's had a food a drink. And off we went. And I'm going along the road, and I'm watching out the window, and all of a sudden I'm giving him a shake, shouting, because I could see this light bobbing up and down, red light. That was a horse and cart. So he didn't brake, he just turned the wheel, and we disappeared in the fields. Oh, dear. 
That was the first one we went off the road. <laughs> it, was snow, it was snowy and icy. Oh, it was snowy, icy, everything. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah. The Russians were sitting on the border coming. Oh, it was the end of the world. So anyway, we got the, the and lorries and all of that stopped, got us out, loaded the bayon up again, and I was stupid enough to get back in it. I thought, well, there's nowhere else I can go, really, but I'll have to get in. Off we set again. Next minute, he's going round this corner. And we never made the corner. We just went <laughs> into the ditch. And the van is ripped apart this time. And all the kits lying all over the place. Still in the boxes, but not in any order. Along came a travelling van, a bus. And that had a pop group on. Well, you got on there. Don't, I won't drink in there. That was another substance. <laughs> <laughs> the travelling Wilburys. And the first question they asked me was, what do you think of Russia? And I'm thinking, oh, what should I say here? <laughs> Am I going to disappear forever? <laughs> or anything, you know? So anyway, I said, well, I think they're doing us very wrong. Oh, yes, have a drink. So I'm, and they're smoking on my head. I said, well, no, I'll have a drink. <laughs> so I had a drink. And when we got to the airport, they were all waiting for me. And they were just making a decision because they had to get back to Stansted because it used to shut in them days after a certain mm. time for passenger flights. And uh, Mr. John and Mr. Pat were going to stop and wait for me or come look for me. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened. And as soon as I got off the bus, the first words Bobby Robson said, where you been? <laughs> oh, I said, I've been to a party. I said, been a hell of a time. <laughs> and they said, well, I said, no, the bus, and you notice it's a bus now. <laughs> I started off in a van. <laughs> so I had Bruce Willis, this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what a journey that was. And then when it was reported, that was like I was driving. My wife said, you didn't know you were driving over there? I said, I wasn't. <laughs> I was only the idiot sitting next to the drunk. <laughs> but we, it was quite funny when we went past you because we saluted you. Yeah. I think with two fingers. Because yeah. like we didn't know who it was. Didn't have a clue. And then there was somebody else went on the, over on the other side. It obviously wasn't you, but somebody else went there. So there was lots of, it was, the roads were awful, mm. terrible roads. It was about, a, what was it, a two-hour journey or something like that? About two and a half. Yeah. Two yeah. and a half. More cars in the fields than there was on the road, wasn't yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. What was, the match, what was the match like? What was that like oh, to play in? Well, we can't, can't remember the match, but that was great. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. That was our entertainment. That was entertainment. Yeah. Well, we the game would have never we? been played if, no. they wasn't, no. if the Russians weren't sitting on the we board. Was, we were singing Beatles songs on the way back. Yeah. John Lennon had passed away when oh, we were over right, there. Yeah. So that was when it was. But yeah. it was but it was a great trip home because we'd obviously qualified for the next well, the quarterfinals. Mm. That was when Beat came on as a substitute. Yeah. The only person with a short sleeve shirt on. Yeah. 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 A few of us had... Had like tights on and long sleeve shirts and things like that, but no, he came out just the short sleeve Ooh. shirt. But well, when he used to come short, and do the radio short. show with us in the midwinter, he'd walk in with flip flops on, wouldn't he? Mm. You know, so he never felt the cold at all. Didn't we he? had the big bottle of uh, was it white and Mackay scotch in the changing room for, before he went out on the on the pitch. We, we always did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was standard. I think we used to terrify, especially foreign sides, because they. I used to have to stand by this corner door and they had a choice they had a bottle of brandy or a bottle of scotch and they could have a little swig as they were going out just alive now <laughs> <laughs> and they used to stand in the next to the that's very narrow at portman road isn't it in the galleyway 
and they're standing and they're breathing over the opposition and the opposition are thinking, what the hell are we going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was a tradition that started way back. Was, I think that was dear old uh, the physio, wasn't it? When I first went there, he said, when we go away, you well, have to Tommy. have a bottle of, Tommy, yeah, Tommy you have to have a bottle of scotch and a bottle of... <laughs> That's the best thing you did then, Tommy. <laughs> that wasn't unusual in that era, though, was it? To no, have no. a bottle of whiskey no, no, in the, in the no, dressing no, room no. for teams that... Took the edge off the, off the nerves, I think, was the idea, wasn't it? it Probably was, took, no. took rather more <laughs> off for some players than others, I think. It was nerves. <laughs> it was much needed in uh, Poland anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No wonder BT performed well and didn't feel the cold. Yeah. 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 But the pitch was white. It just well, you could have landed a Bowen yeah. seven oh seven on it. That was like join join as this floor is there. They painted yeah. all the all the lines in red. Yeah, there was just a heavy covering of snow on there, and it was like a skating rink. You know, you couldn't keep your feet, and it was just farcical, really. But good fun. Good but job we got a few goals. Because yeah. We had lost one 0 <clears throat> didn't we? That's but you're yeah. five 0 up for the first leg, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what yeah. we normally on. did. We'd win at home and then. Then lose yeah. away. <laughs> we got through. Yeah, clean sheets as yeah. well. At home. Clean, yeah, yeah, clean sheets. But you know, it was. I mean, like the travel in in our day was it was it was great. You know, you were European games and things like this. But yeah, I mean, there was. You talk about the kit. Now nowadays, <laughs> or the, you know, our kit wasn't a lot, was it? No. Oh. But compared to what it is now, I mean, I mean, you were there. What 2012? You've you've seen. By what that the, what time the kit we, man had to do. Yeah. That, Travelled in that period. I mean, you went away. You had a long sleeved, short sleeved. You didn't have twenty five in the yeah. team. You only had fourteen. They were numbered one to fourteen. For Trevor, when you were kid, man, we remember like going into the the kit room, folding the shirts, making sure you got the right short sleeved shirts folded up and put in the right pile, all numbered in the correct order. And if you put a long sleeve one in where a short sleeve one would have been, then you had to, you know, and then Chabu would be on it. Yeah. Just, just socks um, that would be used week in, week out, slip, big baggers, slips and everything, shorts, different size shorts, but they lasted you all season. It wasn't like a new full set of kit every day. If you give anything away, if you give anything away, it'd be on a death wish. The crowd or anything like that. Oh, that would have been the end of the world. I'd have been in there fighting for it. Get it back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you couldn't. I mean, you you just didn't think about exchanging shirts because he picked after you straight away. You'd be in the other dressing room, but no, you didn't think about that. Try Try and get a new pair of boots off him. Unbelievable, Trevor! I've got me big toes sticking out of the bottom of my boot. We'll get repaired, son. <laughs> oh, it used to be repaired. I mean, yeah, so you just stitched up. Chap in Hamilton Road used to come round and pick them up, didn't he? Well, old Ron used to come Ron in. Did, yeah, yeah. Ron, Ron, the, the memory man, the memory used to man. come in and get them. And it was yeah. fantastic. This old boy Ron. in a shed down Hamilton Road used to mend them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You had to go some to get a new pair of boots. Yeah, steel toe cap on. The so, did you have some of the younger players assisting you getting the kit and everything well, ready? Well, that was the thing when I went there they sort of invented the job really in the sense that not just the kit we the apprentice every apprentice had a job so that's what i was had to issue out the jobs and then make sure all the jobs were done and then i was there because the staff used to go off to watch games and i used to stop with the kids make sure everything was ready place was clean because that was not just our match day it was our training there as well so there's a scoey we had on the other week who forgot to put the balls on the coach for an away trip and he said you had to go off and go and buy some beach balls or something like that to train with well I didn't think it was that bad but yeah (laughs) (laughs) I used to let let them well I used to love to wait for them not to put things in or do and then 
go round and check, put it away and hide it somewhere else on the bus and then watch their faces when they realised <laughs> that they'd actually forgot it. <laughs> or if they'd left their boots and just chucked them on the floor and disappeared, I used to pick them up, put them in a black bag and then watch them while they were looking for them when the next day. That's, that was bad people in last night, expect to pinch them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've got to learn, haven't you? Yeah. Learn. you have got to learn. You have got yeah, to learn. it's a different yeah. culture. Who then. were the players that kind of, who were the characters that you, you remember? Obviously, Beatty and Hunter, I would imagine. Oh, yes. But I didn't, but I, they were okay. Yeah. Alan was, you know, you had to handle in a funny way, really. <laughs> because a strange man. It's a very strange man. And he Easy liked, Alan. <laughs> he did like me, uh, I think. Because he used to say, I think you've got to go and have a drink. And I thought, I used to have to go and say to Charlie, which he wants me to go and have a drink. <laughs> well, I'll go and have one with him. Then. <laughs> <laughs> day off the next day. Yeah, day. And you go with him and think, oh, my God, what are we going to get into? But, yeah, he's, he's a lovely man, Alan was. But you had people like Dalian Atkinson who used to actually come and beg to be the boot boy, which was quite a job, really, because you had to yeah. clean up all the boots when they came in uh, from training and in them days, uh, we were being sponsored by Adidas. We used to have to paint the lines on the boots. And they used to be in there. And I do think, then I realised that Dalian had a racket going on, that he was doing everybody's boots, even the people. Because it was only the first team that had the yeah, boots clean. He was my boot boy. Yeah, yeah you had, he looked after and he'd done that. But he had anybody who didn't want to be bothered to clean their boots... Dalian would do it so he was earning more money doing boots <laughs> than what he was as an apprentice footballer wasn't uh, it was one of BC's stories wasn't it Phil on the show that he when the Adidas deal came in he liked Gola boots didn't he so he got white paint and painted the stripes down to make them look like Adidas boots yeah but the but trouble they were with, actually Gola ones yeah but well. the trouble with Beatty was he forgot to take the Gola sign off <laughs> <laughs> So it was a little, little, you know, it didn't quite look right. Maras suddenly got a contract with Puma, with Puma, and he turned up with Puma boots. And of course, we had to have the debate. Oh, he I, was allowed to do that. Yes, yeah. but in the end, we what we did was we took the Puma sign off and put painted three white stripes until the end of the season, and then from then on. It, they, that's when they start to negotiate their own boot deals. Yeah, and that was with black boots. Everybody yes. had black boots. Everybody yeah. had black boots. Oh, yeah. cool God. If, imagine dear old Bobby for Ferguson if you'd have turned up in a pair of pink boats. Oh. <laughs> so what, so what, do you, what do you think of modern, what oh. do you think of in the modern game now with the players with their socks? And they, they, they cut them and there's like holes in their socks. Oh, dear me. That would, well, I'd long, they'd be charged for them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to have a... I mean, I can't understand why they don't have them made like that then. You know, if they cut them and all of that. This was, you know, it's, it's another craze, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know. surely then, if they're, if they're really tight and they are restricting your calf, as they say, surely you would ask the, the company to make, to make them bigger. Well, so. I never used to use Adidas uh, socks, though they st we could have got them from them. I always used to buy them from up in Leicestershire, and the man would actually make them to the size you wanted. And I always used to have a little bit bigger because that allowed for the shrinkage in the wash, so you get a whole season. <laughs> get a whole and season the players with the with the socks over their knees. What do you think about that? Well, I've got to watch the knees. They don't get all that mud. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to send them playing at. Uh, 
Derby. The baseball, the baseball, baseball ground, ground yeah, the old one in that. about three foot of mud. Price yeah. And that was in September. Is that, is it, is, do they put them over their knees because when they score, they slide on their knees? Is, that, is it to save their knees? Well, probably, but I can imagine dear old Wiggy would have been the other end waiting for him with a fork, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> As they slid. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, that would be the worst nightmare. If you, if you did slide on your knees and you know, it was like a big track, he'd be, he'd be there with his fork <laughs> right, waiting for you to come off. Yeah. And he'd say, he'd throw the fork at you yeah, yeah. and say, you go and yeah, fix that. They only do that oh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it, would you? He wouldn't no, no. I mean, you know, you were displeased you had something. We, you, we were very fortunate that we had two... In the time I was there, we had two very good groundsmen. Wiggy was a good old groundsman. You know, he wasn't... He, his problem with poor old Wiggy was he never had the money spent like they used to. At the beginning of the yeah. season, you'd get your so many bags of seed, so many bags of fertiliser. If you wanted anything else, you had to go and beg a yeah. um, special meeting to get me. And it was the same with the kit. They allowed for 28 shirts, 20 this... The reserve side used to wear what was the first team's kit the year before. Yeah. <laughs> and then the kids used to read the from that. So yeah. uh, we got three seasons out of a shirt. That's why we didn't want to change them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was then, you know, as you could see it coming in once we were going up, when the money started to come into the game from television and so forth, that's when you then started to get did, did much change when he went to the Premier League? Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, because that was the first time we had money that all the people that were supplying care, you suddenly started to have names on them. They all had individual numbers. So that just trebled everything. You had to cover yourself right down to who you think might be playing. Did you have the machine to do the names and numbers? No, and we didn't because the club could only afford one and that was in the shop. So I had to, yeah, <laughs> had to work the shop out all the time, yeah. Many a time, poor old Richard or the, the uh, books, he used to get calls saying, can you come in early? Because I need some, we've signed somebody, I need some shirts. Yeah. That's how it was. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, remember. we used to, the first thing that happened was the advertising on the front of the shirts, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and that was... We Who were the first it. ones that came in? Was it Pioneer? Yeah, yeah Pioneer was. Yeah. And we, we used to have to have a certain size. If you were on television, you were only you could have it smaller. If you were ordinary, you could have a bigger or the other way mm. around. That was, you had two shirts because we, we went up to Manchester once and uh, packed the stuff. Away we went, no problem. All of a sudden, we stopped at Huntingdon. We used to have to stop on the way to these places then. And we, did, we got a phone call. And he came in and he said, we're in trouble. I said, what's that? He said, uh, we'll television game tomorrow. And we yeah. never had the right shirts. No. Of course, because you couldn't wear the sponsored shirt. Because, because the letter room was too big. Yeah, the yeah. They designed their kit <laughs> so that it had the Tolbert logo was sort of intricately. In, 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 intricately. Yeah. yeah. Incorporated. In, in, incorporated, yeah, something like that. It, it was part of the design um, of, yeah. of the shirt, yeah. Yeah. We'll edit that bit out, Phil, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, right. We'll edit that, won't we, everybody? <laughs> yeah. yeah so no one will notice. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, but then well, that we then had to phone Adidas, which was based in Manchester, and they actually banged out, they found some white with black striped shirts and we had shirts for the game out you know delivered to the to the ground about an hour before kickoff 
Do you ever have any washing disasters with kits where they sort of ended up a sort of slightly different shade of blue or anything like that? No, we were very, you know, we not that sort of thing, but everybody, it was easier to order training kit, all extra, extra large. Now, poor old Gatesy <laughs> <laughs> used to look like an orphan. <laughs> but if you wash, if you got hot, really hot water and put his kit in and rolled, you know, put it through the system and then put it into the dryer straight away, by the end of the season, that fit him well. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to stay the whole season to get the actual f- nice fitting shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was your kit like then, Trent? Terry? Well, it was all right. A bit tight. Yeah. <laughs> mm, no, yeah. No, it was all right. Yeah, well, I always, you always pick the biggest fella. Yeah. If that fitted him, that fitted the rest, didn't it? I was, I, I was, I was always all right. Really. Was, <laughs> it was, it was yeah. Extra, extra. Nice. So yes. Tell, so tell me, with it, I mean, I know you, I did know many times about your fingers. Yeah. You've lost two ends of your fingers, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. How, how'd you do that? Well, somebody switched the machine on when I was apprenticed and uh, before I went into driving and uh, took two of my fingers off. Yeah. Because you you're always, when you're on the bench, you know what I'm going to say now, when, I'm, when you're on the bench... <laughs> And it's getting late in the game and we're one nil up or something like that. I, Because I, there's no clocks. There's nothing, no clocks or screens or anything else like that. If there was, they didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I just shout over to the bench, how long to go, how long to go? And wheels, how long to go? So so Trevor would hold his, hold his fingers up, wouldn't he? <laughs> i go, I go, two minutes. You two know, minutes. no, minute and a half. Is that a minute and a half? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it became then, the standard thing. But then you used to go, like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's two minutes left. There's two minutes left. <laughs> oh, we had some good times. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were these two like to look after them? Were they okay? No, they behave okay. themselves? Well, Russell, I introduced to Russell very early. I was still driving for the bus company then. And Russell's dad had a beautiful Jaguar. And obviously he'd lent it to Russell to come to the game. And he pulled in. And Bobby Robson... No one had to have a better car than the boss. That was his thing. And he's walked out of the office block and he's, and he's looked at this car and he's got on. He went, Who's this at? I said, Russell's. Russell's? I said, yeah, it's Russell's car. He's just coming at And he gives up that yeah. open rocket one. Russell, yeah. what's that car? Well, I thought it was quite nice one, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that was his dad's. <laughs> what, had, what had happened... My dad had a pub up in the Midlands and he got in a bit of trouble with the tax man and stuff like that. And I'd got a a Mark III Cortina. I was going to describe the colour. It was brown. <laughs> it was something brown. Yeah. Mark III Cortina. Cheap as chips who run and everything. So I just said to my dad, for a while, till you get yourself back on your feet, take that. And I'll take the I'll take the jag. He suggested it actually, you know, because you got two ten gallon tanks on the, the back and and I said I was only seventeen. And I never thought about what Mr. Robson might think of it. So I've just come sailing in one day in that oh crap. Now I think that was the end of my relationship with him actually. Because <laughs> after that I ended up getting sponsored by Mercedes. So that didn't go down very well either, <laughs> no. you know. So no. once you got into the team, you were got into yeah. the team there, weren't you? Yeah. And, and they say that you don't have to scratch too far to find a connection because I used to service your Mercedes Benz, your G wagon, red G wagon, wasn't did. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to yeah. service that when used I was to a Ronnie Lancaster and Nick and all yeah. that crowd. Yeah, yeah. Well, I met my wife. Yeah. 
<laughs> I've been a poor man ever since. <laughs> what other players spring to mind, Trevor, that uh, you looked after? Well, well, we had we had uh, my friend, as you just said, Jason. <laughs> Jason. Dozer. <laughs> Jason. He was a nightmare. Um, because <laughs> I never forgot, I had to go up to school to get him one day to play, play against Coventry. <laughs> I had to go into the school to get him. And I had to go up. And, and he's going, what have I done wrong? What have I, done? I said, nothing. You've, you've got to come with me. And, you, and he's all like, and I'm trying to think, well, should I tell him or not? And I knew Bobby Ferguson wanted to tell him, so I drove him back to the club to be told that you're playing tonight. But uh, So you hauled him out of class? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you used to have Kieran. Kieran used to time it to perfection. So you all had to be in by nine o'clock. And he used to come down that drive at one minute to nine every morning. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to catch you next week. I'm going to lock the door. <laughs> Soon you'll have to run round the building and I'll be waiting at the next door. <laughs> You're late. <laughs> and the other, well, when uh, John Loyal was there, he used to, they start to, to weigh people. Weight became a big issue in them days. You know, everybody had to be a certain weight. And uh, on Fridays, it was my job to weigh them. I said, well, it's a bit much, boss, me, you know. I'm out there, John's doing the job. I said, they don't like it. He said, no. He said, that does hurt when a fat person tells you I'm too, you're overweight. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> Charming. I said, oh. And he said, don't forget to find them. I don't know. We used to have to find them for everything in them days. Really? I mean, oh, yes, we used to have days out to the races and everything, all paid for from the fines. Mm. <laughs> you have to have a big bottle. It, it works well, doesn't it? Bottle, screw it up, away you go. Yeah. And that's, Kieran donated to that. <laughs> there was, you know, it was fun. They were good times, weren't they? Oh, they yeah. were good times. So yeah. it was, you know, it was harmless fun. I Do you think it's a bit too serious now or not? Or does it have to be? Well, that's, it's the way it is. It's, once you get money involved in it, I remember Mr. John and Mr. Pat saying that, when it was all starting to take off about, you know, being taken over by television. Mm. And he said, that'd be the end of the game is the way we know it. And he's spot on. He, he said they would be telling you when you play, not you play when you want. And who, you know, who plays the tune, mm. plays the master. Yeah, you know, they do indeed. It, you, that's it. You can't, you know, and that's what it is now. You cannot afford... It's a lot of money to lose from television, isn't it? Do you remember Simon Clegg? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, he said, to, he described you as, whilst on occasions he can make Victor Meldrew appear simply angelic. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of younger people don't know who Victor Meldrew is, but he was right one miserable Grumpy old git. git, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he, you know, he was a hard person to deal with because he didn't really know that the ball was blown up with air. <laughs> but he was a he was a world you know he was a world renowned person for football, you know he used to and he used to start talking he used to and I you know I, I by then I was well established we put it and I used to say do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> and what do you mean? I said you can't do that. You're absolutely ridiculous. And that's you know that's how I got it. And he had that bloke and who some chap arrived and. We all had to go and be interviewed and talk to them and see what we, you know, how our brains were working and were we healthy and 
all of this. And I think mine came back. He is a pearl for the club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the pearl comes from being gritty, nasty, and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> For a lot of years, <laughs> in a <Norman>. shell. <laughs> Fantastic. Talk me, just sorry, just talk me through Elton John. Well, we, that's when we first started. You know, it was another thing that happened. They decided to put on shows, and uh, I said, "Well, you know, if you're going into this, you, it, it, there's got to be a catch because these people are just going to come in and roll all over you." So I was very fortunate to know this chap. They called him Wolfie. Because you all got to have names when you're in showbiz. I was called. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on, spit it out. Now, now, he always used to say to me, well, the nice one was I was Elvis. And when I left the ground, it was the, nothing was left. We, I was the last, first in and last out. Yeah. But with Wolfie, he said, look, you know, and he showed me all about how to put on shows and what you, little things like who's going to pay for the, the hire of. Of certain equipment say fire equipment things like this and that's the thing that runs away with money when you're doing these shows and we don't we put on the old john one he was yeah that was a good show and uh of course they were all saying oh Elton this and Elton that and he turns up and he goes hello big fella and they all said how do you know him i said well i drove him when i was with the coach company i said when watford first started to get recognised Graham Taylor first went there I took them up to play in the league in they were doing well in the league cup was the near yeah. milk cup that was called wasn't it? Yeah. league cup and uh, he kept he came home he arrived with Kinky D and we'd, we'd he, I drove him down to the town because I never had no Elton John music to put on for the players when we went so <laughs> we went into Stoke and um got into the town centre and drove round until we found a music shop. And the bloke looked quite surprised when Elton John come in and Kiki D and And Elvis. And he's and his right hand man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit funny. Everybody was all sort of oh dear me, Elton don't want this, Elton don't want that and I said he'll be all right. Don't worry. <laughs> my old mate. My, my old mate, mate Elton. And they all thought I was pulling the fast one, but they got shot when he actually did know me. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. We'll come back and talk some more in a moment or two. Uh, for now, Trevor Curtin, everybody. Uh, time for time for this week's Keep It Up Challenge, sponsored by our friends at Ginger Pickle. Now, Trevor, I'm assuming that you don't really want to have a go at our Keep It Up Challenge, which at the moment sits on our leaderboard. I think Scoey's still top, isn't he? Yeah, 79. 79, so you know, 60 seconds to see how many Keep It Ups you can do with that. Oh, we could probably put it straight over the roof for Okay, all mean. right, in the style of Big Al, yeah. yeah. Um, but we do, I believe, have a volunteer in our capacity crowd, everybody. Right. Oh, it's, it's bigger than that. Come on, Carl. Come on, there you go. There's your ball. Off you go. You watch the show. You know what to do. 60 seconds. Our leaderboard at the moment uh, needs needs some you know some competition for Scoey on the top there. So 60 seconds. Terry's going to time you. Phil's got the whistle and capacity crowd. You can come around here a little bit and, and count as Carl does his uh, his keepy uppy. So you ready? You can bounce it off the wall if you wish, but preferably not. I might, so, have got, I might have got wouldn't have made any difference. I might have got to you, seven. Yeah. So, are we ready? One, two, three. 
That's immense. Well done. Well done, Carl. Fantastic. What do we reckon that was? I don't know. I reckon it was 60. Yeah, I reckon it was 60. 60? There was one off his knee, wasn't there? I think that... Yeah, yeah 60 that definitely off the knee. counts. Yeah. yeah. Now, as we have an international audience here this evening, do any of our Danish fans want to have a go at the Keep It Up Challenge? <laughs> Not now he's got no. 60 there. No, no. What's Danish for Keep You Up Challenge? <laughs> no. Have we oh, got hello. a volunteer for the Keep You Up Challenge? Oh, well, someone, never someone mind. We gave, yeah, we gave you a chance. We gave you a chance. At least we've won this, not the Eurovision Song Contest, okay. but we've won this. England won. Denmark England won. nil. Yes, Denmark nil. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. Actually, where's Kenneth? Kenneth's going to come up. Yeah, come up to the microphone. I'll go over there and we're going to have a little chat with you. Uh, come up to the microphone, that's it. Give him a round of applause, everybody. Of all the Danish fans, he was volunteered. Uh, Kenneth, how long have you been a town fan and why? I think I've been a town fan since uh, 76. Um, you know, back in the 70s and the 80s, uh, we in Denmark, we were able to, to watch uh, an English uh, league game uh, every Saturday live. And uh, every day uh, had an English uh, team they supported. And, uh, and Ipswich, of course, were doing incredibly well at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We, we were one of the best. So, uh, yeah. I think my first match I was watching, uh, we beat Liverpool uh, the 4th of December uh, in 76, uh, one goal to nil. Uh, Paul Mariner scored the goal. Uh, Fantastic. And you remember that so well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, you're all a similar age, aren't you? We need yeah, to get yeah. some younger... <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> but we need to get some... We need to, the success we're getting now, hopefully, will breed some younger fans. But can you still see it on the television there or not? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. So the better we do, perhaps if we get up into the Premier League, then we yeah, might have yeah. some younger fans yeah, yeah. coming over as well. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So what's it like to be with these two? Uh, I'm, sp I'm speechless, I think. Uh, <laughs> speaking very well. Speaking so, very well. So how many times do you come over a season? Uh, once or twice a year. Uh, yeah. And we haven't seen Ipswich win since for the last 15 years or something. No, oh my goodness. no! <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who invited these no. people? <laughs> <laughs> But you will on Saturday. You'll see them win. You Hopefully will on Saturday. Saturday. Yes, yeah, you will on Saturday. Yeah, yeah we've, uh, I played with you uh, in Eltingor. Unlucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stinker? Oh, Skinker, sorry. Yeah. Oh, is that Danish for ham, is it? Yes, that's yeah. very good. It's very quick. Uh, and it's all been... Uh, Good yeah, fun, really good, good fun. fun. Uh, well, look, enjoy the match on Saturday, won't you? Have a fantastic time here. And give yourselves a big round of applause for coming to join Thank us you. tonight. 
Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. It really does make a difference to the channel. Uh, and if you want some of our merch, we've got mugs, we've got shirts, we've got loads of those. Uh, check out our website, www.lifesapitch.tv, lifesapitch.tv for mugs and T-shirts. And soon we will be announcing our end-of-season dinner, uh, where we'll be having some special awards. So uh, look out for that. Uh, the last event that we had in uh, the Willow Suite at Venue 16 was a, was a massive success. We're going to be uh, doing that again. Uh, time now for some town news in brief, sponsored by John Keeble Cars of Bramford. And here's Phil Hamm from twtd.co.uk. Come on, Phil Stinker. <laughs> We're just going to have to give you another microphone, Philip, because your microphone is playing up. So we've yeah. just got another little microphone that uh, we're stretching across. His, his microphone's giving up the ghost. It has. <laughs> Was it? Is it? And for the first time, Leslie Dolphin's been on camera for months. Yay. Yay. What you didn't see earlier on was her crawling underneath. Uh, under the camera shot to try and sort the microphone out, but I think you're going to have to use that one now. Yeah, Paul. that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, it's a relatively quiet week on the news front with uh, the transfer window, window closing last Thursday. Kiefer Moore's signing on loan, having been confirmed during last week's show. The only other first team move at town on the day on the on the deadline day was Elkin Baggett's loan switch to Bristol Rovers. The Indonesia international made his debut for the Pirates in Tuesday's 2-0 home defeat by Fleetwood. Elsewhere, a couple of youngsters moved on on a permanent basis. Finley Corrigan joined Dundee and Zach Bradshaw, who featured for Town's team in first team in pre-season on a few occasions, joined Lincoln City, then a few days later moved out on loan to League of Ireland side. Dundalk Town also signed a young player from Ireland, 18-year-old right-back or right midfielder Daniel Babb, joined from UCD, one to go in John McGrill and David Wright's squad. Uh, and on Friday, Blues boss Kieran McKenna announced the departure of midfielder Lee Evans after the Wales International's contract was terminated by mutual consent. Evans, 29, is around a month away from a return to action, having undergone knee surgery in October. And with his contract up in, sept in, in the summer, the termination was agreed to give him time to find a new club and play again this season. That realistically, he wasn't realistically going to play at town this season with a number of players in his position, including recent signing Lewis Travers. Um, and, and with Evans effectively the 26th man in the Blues 25-man EFL squad, the decision was made to let him go. He joined town, having left Wigan in the summer of 2021, and made 55 starts and six sub-appearances, scoring six times. Three of those in one game, the 6-0 hammering of Doncaster early in his first season at the club. I think everyone wishes him well, played his part in the, in the promotion. Injuries obviously hampered him throughout his time here. Uh, ahead of Saturday's game, home game against West Brom, the Blues have Cameron Burgess available again, as we spoke about earlier, following um, his return from the Asian Cup with Australia. The Socceroos were beaten 2-1 after extra time by South Korea in the quarterfinals last Friday. Burgess having come on as an 84th-minute sub, his second appearance of the tournament, and his sixth full cap. And finally... Town have had yet another game move for Sky. I know this is a subject that a lot of people have been talking about today. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get used to this, aren't we, I think? You know, whether we go up or not. No, we are. Yes, so the latest match to move for uh, is, is the trip to Cardiff City on Saturday the 9th of March, which will now be another 12.30 kickoff. Hardly ideal, hardly ideal for fans who will presumably have to leave around 6 o'clock, if you're on the coaches, I would guess, to make it to the Cardiff City Stadium. Saturday's match at home to West Brom also kicks off at 12.30, uh, and Wednesday's game at Millwall is an 8pm start, which probably makes it more difficult for people to get back if anything else so uh, yeah as you say uh, there's a new championship deal starting next 
season, so I think games will be spread all over the place, not just in terms of 12.30 kickoffs and 5.30 kickoffs, but from like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to Monday. Um, and if we go up to the Premier League, then uh, well, we'll know what that's like anyway, don't we? So, yes, the fans are not the first ones thought about in these matters, are they? Nope, it's money, isn't it? It's money. Phil, thank you very much. That's the news uh, this week. Uh, we've got some news about another Ipswich, Ipswich Wanderers. Chris is here. Come on, Chris, come up to the microphone. Uh, Chris is going to tell us about uh, a sponsored activity that he's doing. Good to see you. Hi, what thanks. What are you up to? Um, I'm going to be doing a sponsored walk. Um, Ipswich Wanderers have had a very good few seasons, had back-to-back promotions the last two seasons, and we're now playing at the highest level we've ever been at, which is the Eastman League North. What comes with that is some challenges off the pitch as well as on, because there's certain ground gradings that need to be completed, otherwise we'll be relegated irrespective of how we're doing on the pitch. So um, they've got to be completed by the 31st of March, and so I thought, to try and raise some funds towards that and for our charity sponsors, um, partners, which is Active Lives. Um, I'd go for the away game to Stowe Market and do the sponsor walk from Ipswich Wanderers Ground to Stowe Market, which is 14 and a half miles. And um, so far I've raised, um, I think, just over £900. That's pretty good. Go. Got you aim, want some more, don't you? Yes, I'd like some more. Um, got an initial aim of £2,000, which with another week to go would be great to, to reach that. Um, there's a, a Just Giving page, which is uh, um, there's a QR code, which I think um, you might be able to put up. Um, and any donations would be really appreciated. So I've got the QR code here. I'm sure Phil will put something up on uh, his TWTD website. I think there's a link on the message board now, isn't there? Yeah, there has been, yeah. 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 yeah I think it's dropped off the being pinned. But I'm sure I can find it. I'm sure he'll elevate <laughs> yeah. that for you, Chris. Re-establish it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, how many pubs are on uh, along the way? <laughs> More importantly. Uh, yeah, I haven't fully planned that yet. But uh, Now, the, the walk should take about um, just under five hours. Um um, but slightly more if we if we take in all the pubs. Well, you've got to keep <coughs> hydrated, haven't you? So that's what yeah. you're, you're <coughs> absolutely medically. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a big game because at the moment um, we're one place above Stonemark in the league, but we're quite a few points ahead of them. So it's a big game for for both teams. Um, we haven't had too many sort of highlights this season. It's been a tough season. One of the highlights was we're one of only two teams to have won away at Lowestoft Town this yeah, season. I was going to come on to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <coughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. You're a brave man to mention that in front of him, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, so, um, no, it should be a good walk. I've got um, the, the chairman's joining me for it and another one of the volunteers, so there's going to be three of us doing the Brilliant. walk. Well, good luck. Yeah, it's good yeah. luck. Uh, check out Phil's website, twtd.co.uk, for more details. Chris, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well Chris. Uh, let's take a look and see what's happened to ITFC on this day in the past. Brought to you in association with Fred Olsen Logistics. Well, on this day, uh, the 8th of February, 1975 is where we're going to start. Liverpool crushed the Blues 5-2 at Anfield in Division 1. The final whistle, just five points separated the top flights, top 11 teams. Oh, it was pretty tight then. Moving on, Saturday the 8th of February 1992. Ipswich's excellent season continued as they destroyed fellow promotion chasers Portsmouth 5-2 at Portman Road. The Windsor Town move into second place in Division 2. Jason Dazelle and his sidekick Chris Kawamia grabbed a brace apiece. And that... 
I'm afraid, is all that happened on the 8th of February. Lots of 5-2s for some reason. Yeah. Lots of 5-2s. Yeah. And we're hoping Chris Gruom is going to join us on the show in the no next few weeks. He's, uh, he's up for coming on the big sofa. Lovely. Chris Gruomi, so he'll join us in the next few weeks. Uh, we're nearly done. Uh, we do have the later scores from uh, the Man v. Fat uh, football teams. Um, this is a group of men who play football and they try and lose weight and they are successful in losing weight. And fat, Man V Fat Mark has dropped me an email. He says, hi, Mark. A great night of football at weight loss on the fan zone pitch on Friday as the guys lost another 34.8 kilograms, bringing the season's total loss to 123.7 kilograms. Uh, player of the week was Rhino Scalco who gained his 20% loss certificate. Well done, Rhino. Uh, some high-scoring games this week due to the amount of bonus goals the guys are scoring by losing weight every week. So here are the results. The Seattle Quarter Pounders, 22. LA Galaxy Bar, 11. Far From Athletic, 15. To Lose a Few Pounds, 7. Pork Vale, 17. Man Titty, 16. Oh, no. Argentina nil, Dynamo Kebab nine. Man v Fat team name of the week, Borussia Moobs and Fatback. <laughs> I think I could join them. You can't say that. Um, <laughs> let's hope Tan get back to winning ways on Saturday. Come on, you blues, uh, says Man v Fat to Mark. Trevor, thanks very much for coming on the show today. Uh, you, you've had. Two songs sung to you, uh, the British version of The Wheels on the Bus and the Danish version of The Wheels on the Bus. Would you like us to sign out with one of those? I think I'll have the Danish version. Can we do that? Rather than a one more time, that. our Danish fans, The Wheels on the Bus. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be singing that on Saturday, I wonder? <laughs> very good. You'll probably get the crowd joining in with you. Um, look, it's been a great show today. Thanks ever so much, uh, Trevor, for coming along to, uh, to talk to us and regale us with some of the stories that you can tell us. I understand what stays on the coach. You know, what happens on the coach stays on the coach, doesn't it? But you've given us a little insight into into what goes on. Uh, next week, our special guest is the one and only Matt Holland uh, next week. He'll be joining us on uh, Life's a Pitch TV. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. It helps with the channel. And uh, don't forget to go onto our website, www.lifesapitch.tv, to find out what we're up to. Uh, thanks again to our main sponsor, DPS Tech. We're also supported by All About Hearing. Uh, marketing company Ginger Pickle, Forward Floors, Come Hither Design, The Hudson Group, Sound 4 Pro Audio, Fred Olsen Logistics, John Keeble Cars in Bramford, The Dove in St. Helen Street in Ipswich, and now Ashford Wright as well. Plus our sofa is sponsored by DPS Tech. And uh, thank you to whoever brought the sausage rolls uh, tonight. They've gone down very well. Our Danish friends love them. Uh, so they, they've gone down a treat. Uh, we'll be back next week, as I said. Uh, thanks for your company. And one thing to say, up the town, everybody! Up the town.